0: Welcome, welcome to another episode of The Podquest. PodQuest, broadcasting from all around Vol Nation, where we talk about Vols football, basketballs, recruiting, and exclusive interviews with those closest to the program. Now You're about to experience The PodQuest.
1: Woo! Welcome, everybody. It's January 20th already. Unbelievable. This is The PodQuest. I am Georgia tech ball. We're so excited. I'm sure everybody's been watching the NFL playoffs, the NFC and ASU championships, Patriots and Duke Silverball Shout out. We will say, you know, he loves Tom Brady, which I know that makes him an enemy on the board, but the Tom Brady and the Patriots taken on the upstart Kansas city chiefs. And then you got the, as of right now, the Rams who have, uh, gone into, into, uh, the Superdome, right? I believe the Superdome, and and beat the uh, the New Saints. So what a what a crazy game and what a crazy outcome, especially with Todd Gurley not playing. But this is a Tennessee podcast, so I don't know why I'm talking about NFL. Um, we've got such a great group of casters tonight. You guys are going to enjoy this show so much. We're super excited. We've got Bleed Orange 23, my father with me. We've got Powell Valls, We have Priestfall, everyone's favorite Priestfall. Every, I get so many messages. Priestfall, Priestfall, the confessions thing, confessions corner. You got the music. He's got the smooth voice. Priestfall. Everybody loves Priestfall. And then my buddy, PTC Vol is on, uh, the the final caster this evening. Very special guest. We'd like to have uh, members from the board join us as much as possible because this is all about the board, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We have UT Sports Fan 28. We're excited to have him on. So with that said, I'm going to Pass the, the baton over to UT Sports Fan twenty-eight. Introduce yourself to the to the pod quest to the board. Tell
0: us a few things about yourself, my friend. Hey guys, UT Sports Fan 28 here. Um been a Vol fan for about 24 years. Um I was originally from Oklahoma. That's where that's my number two team. Um so Oklahoma, big UT fan, big Oklahoma fan, um, big NFL fan. Love recruiting. Um, and share some recruiting stories um, and the pod quest. Um, basically, just a diehard VA fan. I love the show. I've listened to every single show since its inception. So just very excited to be on. Well, there's one, uh, one of you. So thank you for listening to all of the
1: the podcast <laughs> episodes. I mean, that's a lot. We've been doing this for a while now. It's the, yes. we've made to, Can't we're, miss. we're number two in East Tennessee as far as podcast uh, downloads. So thank you. To all of all nation and uh, that uh, keeps downloading, keeps listening, spreading you know the word uh, to other people out there that need to not want to but need to hear this. This is this information you get on here. The interviews we have nine ninety five. Uh, we actually say nine ninety nine because that's the only sound clip I can get, but nine ninety five. <laughs> so um, thank you, UT sports fan, for being on, man. It's it's an honor to have you on. We appreciate having you on. Uh, Bleed Orange Twenty Three. I'll give it to you because you're my father. You can come on next. How are you doing this evening?
2: Well, doing great, son. It's always good to be back on the podcast and to uh, meet here once a week with our friends, uh, both those who join us here on the podcast and those who less, uh, listen. We really do appreciate that.
1: And did I hear that you have a, uh, a special drink that you've made for you've made for the over sixty crowd?
2: Well, you know, that's something that I have kind of held as a secret. Um, I think that you have developed such a flair in explaining it. Perhaps you could share
1: that with the the group. Well, yeah. So when I was, sorry to go off tangent here, everybody, but I was in town for Christmas and I saw this piece of paper as a note next to my dad's liquor cabinet. And that thing is just full. I mean, any kind of, you name it, you've got everything. Um, and I, I saw this note and it said Metamucil bomb, and I'm sure everybody's used to Jaeger bomb and, you know, whatever the Guinness one is, all those other shots that, that are out there, uh, buttery nipple. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Um, you name it, body shots, you know, left and right. This is called the Metamucil bomb. And I had to double take and I said, Metamucil bomb. I know my dad takes it on the regular every night, uh, to, you know, regulate everything, but goodness gracious, what is this? And it says half a shot of, of Metamucil, half a shot of eggnog, and a full shot of Knob Creek. It said whisk, whisk it together, pour it on the belly button, suck it out, and whip out some whipped cream and lick, it, lick the rest off. And I said, oh, my goodness, the Metamucil bomb. Now, is that something that you made up, Bleed Orange? Well,
2: no, I, <laughs> I couldn't have made that up. That's, that's just real life. Well, and of course, I'm not licking it off of my belly button with the whipped cream and everything else. Mrs. Bleed Orange has to become involved in this process. Okay. And okay. I can only tell you that after the complete experience, I sleep like a baby.
1: Okay. Well, we'll leave it at that because this is starting to become a PG 13 podcast, and I have to pay extra money on SoundCloud for that. So, um, We'll keep it at that, but thank you for being on Bleed Orange. I love you, my father, and whom I am well pleased. Uh powerball what's up, man? Welcome. How are you tonight, brother?
3: I'm good, guys. Happy to be here. Happy to have uh, UT Sports Fan twenty eight on with us tonight.
1: Yes, sir. Yep.
3: Here.
1: Good to have you on, my friend. Um glad to P- be here. PTC Vol, what's up, dude? And you had some hibachi. We were on the text messages tonight and I was getting very jealous of you.
4: I did, man. That was uh, great. took the daughter out for a daddy-daughter date. Uh, She wanted hibachi, and of course, I was going to oblige her of that. So, glad to be here. Uh, Certainly glad to have UT Sports Fan on as well. We're going to have a good time tonight.
1: Now, real quickly, can you go through your order? Because I kind of have um, a little bit of beef with you on on your order.
4: Yeah, well, that's because you're not sophisticated enough to order what I like.
1: (laughs) Well, again, double rice I'm very fond of, and... I you sent a picture out, and there was not that much white sauce on there. Um, now, can you tell the group if you do pour white sauce, in fact, on your on your fried rice or not?
4: In fact, yes, I do. As soon as I get the as uh, soon as I get the uh, rice, go ahead and pour the white sauce on it. Okay. Uh, mix it in. Then up come the scallops, which is one of my favorite parts. Oh. And put the scallops on there, and then I get the filet mignon, medium rare. That comes next little a little more white sauce and ginger sauce and all is good
1: okay because again I did not see hardly any white sauce on the rice and you know I, I thought that I asked you to have multiple pores of the white sauce so again I'm just being selfish here but um, and then the scallops thing maybe that's a personal preference but um, very high end of you to do scallops I, I thought with the fillet so
4: I love scallops.
1: Very jealous of you, very jealous. But thank you for being on and, and uh, again, spending, being a great dad, spending some time with your daughter, and then coming on the podcast.
4: Absolutely, guys.
1: Priest I gave you the good, the good intro before. So, what else you got for us, man?
5: Man, I can, I'm not going to top that. Um, but, I'm glad to know that I'm loved on the board. At least my voice is. I'll have to pass that along to my wife. She'll no- like to hear that I have a smooth voice. It's something I've never heard before, so that's awesome.
1: I don't know if you got uh, a tune or what on there, but you're doing a good job.
5: I know. I know. Voice Voice of an angel. Um, no, welcome, UT Sports Fan 28, man. And glad you're on with us. And uh, thanks to everybody that's listening. We're going to have some fun tonight.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and I am, I'm double fisting tonight, so I've got the. Uh, The blue ice uh, potato-based vodka with a little OJ in my Moscow Mule mug. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that or not. And then my second glass is a glass of um, lemon ginger uh, yogi tea. So get the best of both worlds here. So I don't know if anybody else drank in anything, but at least I've got my double fist going here. So um, anyway, as we get started, it's been a fun week. Tennessee men's basketball. Let's talk about that a little bit. There were two games this week. I know that pretty much the whole pod quest said that over the past five games, Tennessee would win five in a row, I believe, um, especially with the Arkansas and the Alabama games. Um, obviously, Tennessee barely wins against Alabama, shot terribly, wins 68-71, salt, or actually UT, UT sports fan. I'll bring it to you real quickly just because you're our our special guest tonight. What do you think about that game? Or even you can talk about the Arkansas game or the Alabama game. What were your thoughts on this week for Vols basketball? We're looking at maybe a number one seed as well.
0: Well, I actually went to the Arkansas game. Me and my older brother went. We had a good time. Very cool. Um, Yeah, even though it really wasn't a contest. I mean, we were just kind of up there um, just chilling, basically, watching another beatdown. No real threat to lose that game. But then the Alabama game was obviously a nail biter. Um, I, I was so nervous towards the end. But I was, one thing I never do is I never post uh, my reactions during games because I would look, I'd be one of the ones that would get bumped. You know, and I never want to be with that guy basically. So anytime I have anything to say, I basically just keep it to myself during games. I think more people should kind of use that. But um, <laughs> yep. That's good. No hot takes in the middle of the game. And Because usually when you read something during a game, we're all thinking it. But yep. it's whether or not you choose to put them home or not. So usually I just kind of keep everything to myself. But I'm not going to lie, I was really nervous. Um, that block on Petty was clutch by Grant Williams. I don't think we win that game if, he's, if Petty gets that shot. Um, then obviously the travel that was controversial at the end. But I did, I did rewind it, and it did. It obviously was a travel. Um, so yeah, very, very big win. Glad to be undefeated. Or glad to be undefeated still in the SEC, and looking forward to being there.
1: Now, were there any clenched fists at the end of the game? I, I didn't. Know <laughs> any <laughs> close ups, but I do give Avery Johnson credit for what he said, and I think you know, being a salesman, he seems like a salesman to me. He's – really hyped up Tennessee after that hey they're the best team in the country because they came within three points of beating them because you know you're gonna look back at this game and say Alabama played Tennessee they're gonna be on the bubble and they're gonna say well Alabama played Tennessee at Tennessee very hard so um, I thought that that Lewis guy the freshman 17 year old freshman was gonna be the one that went crazy potentially but of course I was wrong uh, which happens all the time but uh, Mr. Petty had 30 dang points and I think he was five he, of five from three in the second half. He
0: couldn't miss. I mean, he was literally just throwing up every shot. It was going in like um, until but, Bowden basically locked him down. I mean, he was throwing everything in.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it's, it was crazy. Um Priest, did you see anything out of Kyle Alexander this game? I know I'm kind of calling you out on, on Mr. Alexander because he's the guy that I like to point fingers at, but, um, I thought he had a solo game but did you see anything out of him or who's kind of your top performer for the uh, for the Vols
5: Man I know he's your boy um, Yep yep I, I think I think he's slowly progressing his, and getting a little more consistent I think the guy it, it has talent and he played he played well on Saturday against Alabama I think you know he he kind of he got a little bit better as the game went on. I don't think he, you know, was on fire the entire game playing defense. I think he kind of had to get used to it a little bit on how they were playing him. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to call him my breakout star for that game. I really – I mean, you had you had Admirable – or ad- Admirable, that's bad. Nice. Uh, Here ad- we go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Admiral, who – he had a double-double. I think he had 12 points and 11 rebounds, which is pretty solid for him after, you know, he had a rough game against
1: mm-hmm.
5: Arkansas. Um, so I'll give him I'll give him the shout out of, of coming back and playing a good game. And then you know I think UT said you know that block by Grant on that shot. I mean that was that that had to be done. If not you know I don't know the outcome of that game is the way it is because um, they they were shooting lights out especially Petty. So um, is a win's a win. You, you get it done. It, it doesn't always have to be pretty. Um, but I think that's you know that that's a testament to this team's maturity. And the way that they play ball that they can get into a dirty game that's close or they can go and blow Arkansas out of the water and have walk ons playing, you know, <laughs> before, you know, half the fans have gotten their popcorn from the first half. So, you know, I think, you know, I think this team is, is really going to continue to grow and have a really, really good shot of being, you know, a, a the number two seed going into the tournament um, overall before it's all said and done. No, those are all good points. Bleed orange question. Um this has been kind
1: of bantied around on the board. I, I got two questions, so I'll bring the second one uh to some other folks on, on the the pod quest tonight. But um what are your thoughts on you know Eve Ponds versus you know Bowden? Bowden obviously hitting a stride right now, coming off the bench, and there's people saying Pons shouldn't be starting. Do you have a horse in the race there? Do you think Pons should stay there? Do you like the the, that first unit and kind of then the unit that Barnes closes with, with a Bowden coming off the bench.
2: I just think that uh, these are the, some of the things that we look to Rick Barnes and his experience to be making these in-game adjustments and decisions. Um, he's, I, I think he sees some things that have been going on with his team throughout the course of the season that seem to work. And, and you know, Bowden seems to do well coming off the bench. Um some of this is going to be depending upon the types of teams that they're playing against. But one of the things that, you know, kind of in the stock up stock down part of things is that, you know, that Petty went off on us and that was a stock down, but a big stock up was that they put Bowden on him and he seemed to be able to control him. And that was a huge part of the game as well. So Bowden contributed well beyond just his offensive abilities, but, um, I think they're both going to play quite a bit. And certainly Barnes knows this, and I'm sure those kids know it, that we're going to need both of them to play and do well throughout the season.
1: Yeah, I think it's really neat. Again, just seeing about him, you know, come on as he has. And then, you know, again, Lamonte Turner had a solid game as well, I felt like, especially defensively. I thought he was, you know, pretty solid on the ball. And you know The 24 minutes that he played didn't have a lot of stats necessarily, but I thought he played really hard and, and was a you know, big hopefully kind of a big part of the, of the win in the team moving forward. So it's nice to see him kind of getting his legs under him a little bit. Powell, I've Lincoln. got
2: one little yep. thing I'd like to say yep. um, and, and see what others think about this. is one, I think one of the problems that the balls have had is that they, they've been playing some really great basketball starting the year. And um, they seem to have been so dominant in their last few games that they just have not been forced to maintain their focus and intensity throughout the game. And I kind of feel like that maybe contributed a little bit to their sloppiness in that last game. Um, But they they just haven't been pushed like that in a while, and um, they also haven't had the stress. I don't know how much they knew about other teams winning or losing during the course of the game, the day. Uh, but I kind of wonder if they didn't realize that they had a shot at being number one after that game, if they want it. And uh, they, they just looked beyond getting a little bit sloppy. They looked really tight and it showed up offensively. So I was curious what everybody thinks about that.
0: Yes, I agree with that. I think they were, Not necessarily pressing, but I do think that they knew the outcome of the Michigan game. And I noticed on um, the Rick Barnes show immediately after the game, Rick Barnes already knew that Kansas had lost. Although, you know, that doesn't affect – that doesn't really affect, you know, the top five or anything like that. But I think that they knew.
1: Well, also, the other part, too, is, you know, what are y'all – I think also the late arriving crowd has a lot to do with it.
4: <laughs> well done GFF.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, you know, late arriving, uh, it's a, you know, two o'clock game. Maybe they're not as into it, not as liquored up. You can't bring booze into Thompson bowling. Right. And I swear if they keep zooming in on that taco guy, I don't know who that <laughs> is, but shout out to the taco <laughs> guy. You got to stop doing that. Now. It's, like, it's you know, all Navy man, right? Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think some of it was they were kind of looking ahead and thinking this was gonna be an easy win. And really maybe it's cliche probably is, but no there's no easy win in the SEC. I think a lot of these teams are gonna fight and you know, Tennessee ran into a poor shooting day. Um one thing I was gonna ask you, Powell, unless you had anything you wanted to speak to on that that question from
3: yeah, yeah, I'd like uh, the the Pons Bowden yeah. sort of who should who should be starting, that kind of thing. I'm 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 kind of in the, in the if it ain't broke, don't fix it crowd.
0: Yeah, I love that.
3: And, and, you know, we're actually not having any issues like at the start of the game coming out of the box and playing well. It's it's sort of like after we get a little bit of a lead and maybe eight, ten minutes into the game is sort of we just kind of have this period where it gets a little sloppy. I'm not sure exactly what happens, but and it, it's not because we bring people in. I just think we we get these leads and we relax and we relax and it caught up with us and it almost you know cost us. But I I like the lineup as it is. I think you leave it and um, you know and just keep it as it is. That's just my opinion. I agree with that. But Bowden is no doubt. Bowden is playing awesome. Um, <laughs> i mean he may be playing about it may be playing the best on the team right now last two or three games i think he's
0: making himself some money i really do i think i'm and seeing like the same josh richardson transformation with without him
3: yes i agree with that
1: yeah no it's it's interesting and i was actually trying to figure out how i could use the word juxtapose to shout out to jesse Simonson. um you kind of look at the body of work that um Bowden had kind of the beginning of the season versus now. It's it's literally it feels like two different players, and it's not one of these right. things where it's hey, if he would just shoot, this is way past if he would just shoot. Um like mm-hmm. that's like somebody that gets the ball open at three and finally starts chucking them, but what he is he's showing a mid range game. He's driving to the basket. I mean, he's getting a couple of fast break dunks. He's just playing incredible on defense. And then, obviously, he's shooting shooting the three ball at an incredible rate right now. I don't know what the number is, but um, shout out to Mr. Bowden. um, Just been on fire. And and my question that I had had in the past couple weeks was, can this keep going with bringing Turner back? And does this make Tennessee the national – championship front runner if both of these guys are on fire together in that second team um, because you throw in, you know, Folky, whom I'm very big fan of, even though he doesn't get that much burn, throwing a Folky with, you know, with Turner and, and Bowden and, and, you know, sprinkling a couple of the starters, you got a pretty good little second unit. So um, PTC, I did want to ask you really quickly though. Um, I think, I feel like Barnes ended that game again with, um, kind of a did he go small ball at the end again where like where Alexander was out or did I miss on that? You guys, are we starting to kind of see where so his tournament teams are going to be at? You know, where he's got more of the offensive players on, or do you guys think this is more of a we couldn't score at all, so we need as many scores as we can?
4: I, you know, to, to go to your tournament question, I, I think that we still need to rely on our defensive, um, prowess simply because what did we do last year? We did the same thing. And if we do the same thing again this year and are able to put the offensive uh, prowess on the floor that we've seen against Arkansas, that we've seen against Georgia, um, that we have seen in other games, put that together, I don't see why this team can't get to a final four. And obviously that should be our goal is to get there. Uh, Going small, trying to get as many scores on the floor as possible, you know, lots of people have mentioned it on the board, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong if you see it differently. but we do seem to have a little bit of trouble with big, long athletic uh, players, and Baman certainly has that. Now are they a great team? By no means are they a great team. And I think we should have been a fifteen point uh, winner in that game. But you know, how do we overcome that? What do we do? do we what kind of offensive style are we going to play? Um, if you put smaller guys on there you're obviously going to play faster but bigger guys on there it's more of a half-court offense so which one are you going to pick and we have to figure out how we're going to play the types of teams that give us trouble because going forward that kind of offensive output is not going to get it done
2: yeah
1: no, i agree
4: you know,
2: don't you yeah, go ahead I, I think they kind of touched on it too ptc about the about the defense really not being as locked in. Uh, we had some really good defensive moments there in the first half, but we just continued, you know, throughout the game. I mean, uh, you can you can kind of drop any kind of offense you want as long as as long as you guys are shooting the ball and making their shots. And that's where we were having some real trouble in that second half, going through long stretches. And then obviously one of the things we talked about actually last Sunday, as as a we kind of pointed to Alabama as being a bit of a difficult challenge because of some of the guard play. I don't think anybody knew Petty was going to go off for 30, but um, right. you know we, we'd we had some problems with with that kind of guard play. If we can continue to hit our shots and, and still stay locked in on defense, and I think that's where we really kind of lost it was we weren't as locked in in the second half. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe the guys have become a little bit enamored that they've been doing so well offensively that they've maybe mentally uh, thought, yeah, you know, defense is is okay, but, you know, we're really d- getting it done offensively now. Right. Uh, but for, for them to dominate and do what they need to do, they, they can't have Admiral having the shooting game that he had. And, uh, you know, they could get by Alabama this way, but they can't hang the whole season on that effort.
1: Yeah, no, th- those are all good points. And especially with Admiral, I felt like, there was a maybe a three to five minute stretch where he had some really good shots that were, you felt like those were makeable shots for him. That in the past ten games he's been making, you know, big time threes, big time twos. I know he had a couple good shots that you know down the stretch, but the majority yep. of them, they were not going in, and that was the frustrating part. I think for them was they didn't they have a stretch where it was like six or seven minutes they didn't even make a field goal when Alabama, yes. was right? – unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's, it is frustrating probably for them. You could see it on their faces. You know, it's like you want to go down and you want to stop them, you know, because t- how Tennessee has been working is you have, you know, great defense and then you have Bone pushing it, right? Almost like as in, you know, they're getting transition buckets a lot. If he doesn't push it, then they set up the offense and they run it crisp and then they're making the shots. And it wasn't happening because Petty's making threes and then they're coming down and missing. He's making another three and, you know, the same story over and over. But – at least they pulled it out. So um anybody else have any uh
0: yes, I got one thing. for the game? Yeah, go ahead, man. Uh, we really shouldn't have been all that surprised because for whatever reason, um Alabama just always gives us trouble. Like even the great Pearl teams seem like Alabama is always like that thorn in the side. So I was thinking about that yesterday, you know, like Alabama just always seems to push us, even when we're really good and they're kind of average teams. I don't know if it's because their size. I don't. I don't know what it is, but it seems like I can remember even the Pearl years. We always had trouble with Alabama as well. Yeah, it's, Good it's, point.
1: it's odd. Um, anything? I got. I got. Yeah, go ahead, yeah I got, go ahead, brother.
3: Um, is it? I haven't. I'm not real. I, mean, I haven't watched LSU play much this year, but yeah. is it? Are, are um, are they built kind of like Alabama as far as uh their speed, their length? Like, is their team makeup similar to theirs?
0: I would maybe ask. anybody know? I hadn't really seen LSU all that much as well this year. Okay.
3: I'm just that that game at LSU now is going to be a tough game. Yes, because they're playing pretty well.
0: I know they've been recruiting good, but they always recruit good. So yeah, that yeah, that's a game that's one to watch. That one, and obviously at Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, LSU's got four guys in double figures. I'm trying to see if they got any length or anything like that, but uh that tremont waters is obviously their biggest you know their biggest threat from scoring um they're shooting 35% from 3 so they're not killing it but their top scorers can all stroke it 30% and above almost 40% so um naz reed looks like a solid player uh true threat. Yeah. go
5: ahead yeah they got they got a they're pretty they had pretty decent size i think their biggest guy looking at their uh roster is I'm gonna to try to pronounce this. Cavell, Bigby Williams, he's six eleven, two fifty. 250. Yep. And then Nasri to six ten, two fifty. I mean they I'm sure I don't know their arm lengths, but or wingspan, but they, they, they have some height and size.
1: Yeah, and Bigby Williams on the season's got almost forty blocks. Um so that's almost two a game, I would say, if they've played, you know, seventeen, sixteen, seventeen games. So not not terrible. So um He's going to be a rim defender out there. And I think that might be – is he coming off the bench or is he starting? I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. But don't he know had – when they beat Ole Miss, uh, they won at Ole Miss. They won by 14. And he had five blocks that game. So he also fouled out, but he had 14, 10, and 5. So that's, he He could be a player. <laughs> so
5: somebody, And he's a senior. So – you know, he's your boy, experience. your boy Kyle Alexander, will be down there banging with him. So we'll see how he holds up against the guys yeah. with the NBA size. I will
1: say, if Alexander can, I mean, he did well against the guy from Arkansas. But if he can do well here, I'm challenging you, Kyle, because I know you listen to this. Yeah. I know you put this on before you go to sleep. So um, this is your motivation. We need some energy out of you, and we need you to stop. You know, D Williams in this LSU game. But I do agree with you guys. I think you know, kind of looking at. I don't know if you guys have the uh, the next five games or so up. We try to kind of look at a five game span. We got at Vandy. We've got West Virginia uh, coming up. We've got out at South Carolina, Texas A and M, and uh, Mizzou. Um, So solid five games, I would say. These are not going to be any you know easy by any stretch. Anybody have? We've got three away games. Any thoughts on any of these as we head into kind of that first week of February? Any games that scare you guys?
0: If we were playing at West Virginia, maybe seeing what they did to Kansas yesterday. But I think since we get them at home, we get them at home. I feel a lot better about that game. Yeah. I'm
1: here as long as we get the crowd here on time. So... Um. Mm-hmm.
5: So for the Vandy game, do we think that crowd... How big... How much... Is it going to be 60-40 orange? Because they, Vanderbilt tweeted out that they sold out. And then, of course, um, Vol Twitter lit them up with how much of it's going to be orange. But, <laughs> I mean, what... Sixty percent—that's a pretty low ball guess, probably for it being here in Middle Tennessee. But I expect a whole lot of orange there.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, I bet it's more than that.
5: I think it's me be crazy because it's a
1: seven PM game, ESPN two, right? tennessee's probably going to be number one, like you guys have said earlier, uh number one in the country coming into this game, and you know how many times they're going to show those clips of Tennessee coming into Vandy and losing the number one seed, so.
4: That's a good point. Right. I'm, I'm yeah, hoping yes. they
1: don't uh, voodoo us like that, you know, stick us with a
4: pin. That's right.
0: This is, this is Bryce
4: Drew, <laughs> guys. That that is something true. about
0: that arena, though. That arena is always tricky, and the refs are always awful there. It's never a fun place to play.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's it's so weird with the way that they have the benches, but uh, hopefully you've got a, a, you know, a pretty solid team that's you know going into Nashville that can come in and get the victory and get out of there. And, yeah. uh Hopefully, we'll see, but I, I, I think you you know, you know, see SC as a pretty easy victory, I would say. Um, Texas A&M, I don't know how they've been. I think They're they've bad. been kind really okay, bad. bad, so if <laughs> if you can get through, I think, maybe this Vandy in West Virginia, then you're looking at three more wins, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Missouri, um, unless there's still some Kwanzaa lovers on there. I don't know. I know PTC's a big Kwanzaa guy. Um <laughs> So are you You're an idiot? <laughs> um, but that would put Tennessee, let's just say if they do that, put them at uh 21 and one, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're well over halfway through the season. Did you guys just really quickly, in your wildest dreams, I know we all thought Tennessee would have a pretty solid year, but would you, after 17 games, expect Tennessee to be number one in the country and seven and only lost one game?
0: Absolutely not. Mm-mm.
5: No, it, it's crazy. I don't,
0: even, I don't even think that like the biggest homer in the world would have expected that. Right.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about, and um, it was. I was definitely standing up at the at the screen, kind of yelling at the screen during this Alabama game because it just felt like one of those kinds of games. Um, the other ones, I've just been sitting back with my feet up on the chair, <laughs> and uh, this was definitely a different feeling. They gave us a scare um so i'm i'm hoping that and i think ptc i think you said this in the group text actually you said something along the lines of maybe we needed to lose or something like that I, and again i'm paraphrasing so not saying you've said that verbatim but you said something right. i think along those lines where and maybe you can you know speak on this a little bit we
4: needed we needed a game like this or possibly you know even a loss to kind of you know say hey guys this isn't a cakewalk what happened um, when we put up one hundred and six and still only won by nineteen? I mean, we coasted from the nine and a half minute mark in the second half. I mean, there was zero intensity. Nobody really gave a damn about the game. It looks like they were all sitting on the bench, but were actually out there trying to do something right. And it wasn't there was just wasn't much effort. Uh, I think that's kind of a wake up call saying, hey, guys, look, we may be the number one team in the nation. Right now we're top three, but we can't just sit back on our laurels and rest. We have to have the intensity for the entire game because if we sit back and rest with, let's say, a 20-point lead against one of the better teams in the tournament, we could find ourselves in a battle in the last few minutes, and we really don't need that.
1: Right. And, and basketball is definitely a game of
2: runs. So it's yep. one of those things. Well, I think um, it kind of goes back to what, uh, <clears throat> what we're saying earlier is, uh, is that they haven't been challenged and, you know, mentally there's something to be said for working your way all the way through a game and, and playing every minute. And, uh, <laughs> they just haven't been challenged. So it, it was good for this team, I think. And, uh, obviously, uh, That They've only lost one game, but this almost feels like a loss (laughs) that that they let Alabama get that close. Part of the process. Right, exactly. But, again, compare this. I I made the comment last week. I feel like I'm watching the basketball version of Alabama now.
0: I was Um, actually thinking about that during the Arkansas game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. uh, I think that, uh, that Barnes is establishing his culture, and I know he was really not happy with that. Alabama game, and he gave a nod to Alabama for their effort. But uh, bottom line is, the Vols did not uh, play that game all the way through, and and were forced to have to uh, play that fourth quarter like they hadn't been in a while.
3: All right, let, well, me, I, let me. Yeah, go ahead, pal. Well, I just want to ask you all this. We we'll us talking about uh, maybe losing intensity during the game or whatever when we get a lead. So, I didn't feel like we actually lost intensity. I just think we we just played bad we right. just it, it, and some and sometimes you have those games where and, you know everybody's played sports and where where you can be you can play as hard as you hard as you can and just things just doesn't go your way and you you know you you kind of lose focus and get frustrated and stuff and I think that was sort of going on um we were, we wouldn't I didn't think we was playing bad D but everything they threw up was going in well from mm-hmm. from petty yeah. and that just really that can really I mean it really wears on you mentally you, you feel like you're doing everything you can do and you, you just can't stop it
2: Right. Well, I think that I, I think agree. there were some. I do think, you know, Petty got hot and uh, Bowden was able to cool him off some. But uh,
1: he was, was doing some. Sorry to interrupt. He was doing some yeah. Dominique Wilkins. And if you guys watch the Hawks ever, That's right, he goes heat check. Yeah. And that, like, dad, he was bleed orange. He was heat checking and making him. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, I know.
2: I know. <laughs> was, I can't argue against it. But I also saw some defensive breakdowns. We run down the court and score something, and we we left some people wide open to get some dunks around the basket that I haven't really seen in a while. And there was way too much of that going on in that game yesterday. And Alec,
3: and just just in, um at that particular time when they when they were doing that, I think Hall got like four or five dunks in a row. Alexander yeah. was not in the game, and I don't know what happened right. there, but he he went out for a stretch like um sort of toward the end of the first half and then i don't i do not remember if he started the second half or not but there was a the first half of the second half he didn't play much i don't know what was going on there did does anybody he know foul trouble or, was he in, he in foul, foul trouble, trouble? Okay, I,
5: could, I, I, I don't remember him. off the top of my head but I, you're right he was out for an extended period of time and i don't remember why
3: yeah and we don't got anybody <clears> that's going to be able to guard hall um, right um a player like that without Alexander in there. I mean, Gerald Williams is going to foul out, foul out try to guard him.
2: Well, but it yeah. may have been that, that Barnes wanted to go a little bit smaller to try and take out, you know, the hot player and, and get a little bit of uh, different defensive rotation in there, but it wasn't effective. Well, the
1: last thing I do want to ask, this might be the biggest, one of the biggest stretches, hot takes out there. So you guys just really bear with me here. So as we all know, um, Grant Williams is one of the best players in the country I love Grant Williams he's a VFL all that kind of stuff but what is his deal with fouling out in like in his fifth fouls in a lot of these games are some of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen in my life like that yes. is just stupid and some of the, like one of the other ones his fifth foul is like an over the back and he's like frustrated and just jumps over the guy on a rebound the guy clearly had the rebound. trying to remember which game it was. I think it was – maybe it was the Gonzaga game. But he's frustrated and just fouls out of the game. And it's almost like – again, this is my hot take. Like he almost wants to get himself out of the game. He's so frustrated or something like that that he just makes really boneheaded plays. We cannot have that come tournament time. Do you guys see anything like that? Am I just super crazy Um, that this – Fouling out stuff is so uncharacteristic of him, and I see it as a really big negative. And maybe I'm nitpicking here, but do you guys have any thoughts on that?
0: It has been uh, occurring quite a bit. I have noticed that, and some of them have been pretty lousy calls. Like that charge yesterday was pretty lousy, Uh, but then others have been just boneheaded, like you said.
1: PTC, I know you're you're uh, foaming at the mouth to come after me. Come on, man. What do you (laughs) got? Am I crazy?
4: As much as I like disagreeing with you, some of these fouls he's got to be cognizant of not to make. You know, as Grant Williams goes, the offense goes a lot of times. When it gets down to crunch time in the tournament, we're going to need him and Admiral to be on the floor in critical minutes and in critical situations. Now, granted, we got a guy who's coming off the bench second, who is averaging 19 points per game in the SEC third-leading score in the SEC, and he's coming off the bench second. That's stupid good.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: But big men, big players, big-time stars show up when all the pressure is on them. There's right. going to be a ton of pressure on us regardless of what our seeding is going to be in the tournament because I have a feeling that we can grab a number one, at, at worst, a number three seed, at absolute worst. So if we grab a number one seed, and perhaps maybe he's even number one overall – Every bit of the heat is going to be on us, and we've got to make sure that the guys we need are there when we need them. If not, we could have a short tournament. Well, yeah, and I, if you're a number three
1: seed, I think to your point, PTC, if you're a number three seed, that means that you've kind of stumbled and fall in the past second half of the season, which probably means you didn't win the SEC tournament, um, which means. You know, there's going to be this idea around that you're pe- you've peaked at the wrong time and all that kind of stuff. So, I think it's a one or a two seed or bust, honestly. But we'll see how it works. But um, I, Grant Williams, you got to pick your game up, my friend. Priestball, um, I did Hold want on. to bring you in really quickly. I know we talked uh, balls here, uh, basketballs, um, and you do have a segment uh, on the Lady Vols um, games this week. It's called Open Opening
5: Up. Opening wide with free ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll. If, uh, uh, did you? We'll, want we'll to- need a new intro music for that one.
3: <laughs> what kind of stuff?
1: Well, there we go. We got a little intro there from PTC, but uh, again, looks like the Lady Vols had a tough go at it this week. Another, another defeat at home. Uh, could you speak to that a little bit?
5: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give Holly like 30 seconds of my time here. Um I mean that that was kind of embarrassing I'm not going to lie. Um I don't follow it that close so I can't speak to it that much but you know you get just boat raced by a team an Alabama team that is that has half the talent that you've recruited over the past couple years to try to save your job. I mean it is it's, right. it's, it's It's just, it's abysmal. Um, We we were kind of laughing about this before, and I posed the question. I guess I can pose it on here again so everybody can hear it. But, you know, I'm, I'm in the boat that unless she knows, you know, I don't think she knows where the bodies are buried, but I think she has a huge playing card of being under Pat. But I still don't think she makes it through the end of this year if she continues to lose like this, even if she has a strong recruiting class coming in. Because this is that's what saved her job the past few years is that, oh, well, she's a great recruiter. She's got this big recruiting class coming in that's going to save the program. Well, she's been trying to save the program for two years and with these big recruiting classes and she's still losing. So something's got to give. But, you know, I, I know other guys think that she's going to last, but I, I'm in the boat that she's not going to she's not going to make it to the end of this year one way or another.
4: Let well, me bring up a point that uh, you may not be thinking about here. We have an AD who knows exactly what it's like to be ousted from the one place that you love and have spent your entire career, not just your playing career, but your coaching career. I think he gives her until the end of the season because he knows exactly what it's like to put your heart and soul into a place for so long and then just to be summarily bounced. I think he's going to give her at least until the end of the season for that reason. That's a good point. Uh
5: I completely agree with that, and and that's that. I mean, I, I'm not saying he needs to fire her tomorrow, but I just don't think she comes back next year, recruiting class or not. I mean, I would agree but, with that. But I think you know Fulmer will give her a little more of a classier exit. Um, but I, I still don't think you base keeping her around on the recruiting class she's bringing in, because you know. Look at, looking at the, her schedule, because I just brought it up because I have no idea what, who they play next.
1: Isn't that your background or your computer?
5: It is, actually. Oh, well, okay. there's that one image that somebody stole on the board that's been <laughs> posing it off. But you were the OG to bring that to the board, GT, so you'll uh, you get full awesome. credit for that. Okay, all right. So that was your background of your phone. It, it still is. It pops uh, up when you call me. Oh, good. good. Um, you know, Arkansas, they play Arkansas tomorrow I don't know how good Arkansas is. Heck, I don't know how good the Lady Vols are. But I know they play the number one team in the country, Notre Dame, on Thursday looking at this. And I can guarantee you if they lost to Alabama by 21 points, Notre Dame may run them out of the gym. So it's going to be an interesting couple weeks for for Miss Warlick.
0: There's something about Holly, though. Like, I could see her winning that game, like, when the back's against the wall, like, she seems to come through. Like, when there's no expectations, there's no pressure anymore, that's when she delivers, from my experience of her.
1: Yeah, maybe she's going to, you know, pull one out of, uh, out of her sport.
0: Like the us pocket. against the world.
1: Yeah. Um, versus a Notre Dame at home. You know that the crowd's going to be raucous at Thompson Bowling Arena, Pat Summit Court. It's going to be a 7 p.m. game, I'm sure – all the folks will be lookered up and just going crazy. We'll have the taco guy there and everything. But, you know, maybe she'll maybe – <laughs> The she'll Chardonnay play.
5: will be flowing. Exactly.
1: The Chardonnay and the, uh, the MGD-64s will be flowing there. But uh, I do have really quickly just um, – this is Holly post-game after the Alabama loss. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to play a quick uh, clip real quick of that.
3: So they come wanting to learn and get better and just play the game.
1: So, there you have it, everybody. um Holly really trying to sum up just where the team's at right now um, so and they you know and just, you
3: need to learn to get better and just play the game
1: Wow, she's interrupting me while I'm even talking, uh, but you know <laughs> hopefully Holly can bring this thing together, and I know we just spent five minutes too long on the lady vols, but we like to we like to cater to that side of the board uh that loves loves their lady vols and knows the games that are actually going to be on television and things like that so um Going out, you know, a little bit away from basketball now, let's talk about obviously some really cool news. We talked about Jim Chaney last week, coaching shakeup, people moving, people not moving, people taking interviews, not taking interviews, taking jobs, not taking jobs. But first and foremost, T. Martin is back. Oh, I should have had that t- soft and terrible. I'll see if I can get that clip really quickly. But um, T. Martin is back. He's a Tennessee Vol again. What do you guys think? I mean – where is he going to coach? What position is he going to coach, guys? I think wide, wide receiver right? coach.
0: Go ahead, sports fan. I think it's going to be wide receiver coach. And then obviously Jesse um, putting in that chicken nugget in there about the um, David Johnson possibly to running back coach. And then I think Winky either moves to quarterback coach or he moves to the John Lilly role as the assistant to the head coach. And then Pruitt goes out and hires a secondary coach.
1: Well, I love it. I think he's going to be a, a recruiting monster for us. Um, Bleed Orange, what do you think? I mean, you were, what, uh, 58, 59 when Tennessee won the national title?
0: And <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just teasing, but. No, no, you're not. Bring, does it bring. <laughs> listen, my question to you is. You know, you have Fulmer as the AD. You've got a guy that he's brought in that doesn't know what asparagus is, but is a good coach. Is going to coach up these guys. You've kind of got this feeling that maybe we're getting back to where the program used to be. Now you bring the guy, and I wish we had Power T on here because there's a lot of back and forth there between does T Martin get the respect he deserves for bringing the national title versus someone like a Peyton Manning. Um, We have T Martin. Who brought help bring that national title to Tennessee back? What does this do for for the program? Not just recruiting, and you can speak to that, but the program in general. Does it, well, it make enough news, or are people just going to be like, "Well, who freaking cares?"
2: Yeah, you know, I guess the question is, when you ask, "What does it do for the program?" That covers a lot of territory. Uh, there are a lot of former Vols out there, and it does something for them, and they're all part of the program. Uh, there's a lot of fans just like bringing Fulmer back as AD. That's a, a familiar, comfortable name that people remember more fondly for the national championship than maybe his last season. Um, so, I yeah, I think it's great uh, for the program, but uh, really, no matter who it is, I, I think it's uh, wonderful that he's a VFL and that he's come back to Tennessee. Uh, but there's also the other part of you as a fan that says, you know what, I don't care who they brought back as long as they can coach and recruit like crazy. And uh, fortunately, I think, I believe he can um, do both of those things, which is good for for Tennessee. Oh, that's good. I'm still trying to locate the soft and terrible clip,
1: and it's been taken off of YouTube for some reason. So I cannot play that <laughs> right now, but I would play it in your honor, T. Uh, Powell, man, what do you, what do you think? Um, is he going to – I mean he was national recruiter of the year a couple of years ago. Are, do you see a are, do you think he's going to come back to the southeast for recruiting or do you think he's got some connections now out there on the west coast being there for 7 years? Do You think he's going to help us be more of a national program? Do you yeah, think you I have, think
3: that I think that, that that national recruiter of the year thing is really overblown cuz most of the time the coach that gets that player is rarely at a school that doesn't recruit very well anyway. Right. And so it's. I think that's just sort of, you know, it, and most of the time we never really even know who actually is recruiting certain players. You know, they just, it's like, you know, the, the the recruiter's name is beside the player, like in the profiles and stuff, but it's, you know, it's usually like a three or four coach, you know, team going after some of these top players and stuff. But I just, what, what I actually what I was going to ask the, you know, the panel here, um, Did did anybody really actually see I, you know, we love T. Martin, and he's a VFL. But did anybody really actually think he would ever come back here and coach again?
0: I didn't.
5: Nope. I, no. After
0: his comments, after the whole head coaching thing, I really did not see it.
3: Yeah, I didn't either. And it, I was sort of surprised when his name popped up. And um, and I just didn't I didn't see it happen. I'm glad he's here, and you know he. I'm sure he wants to be here or, he, you know, knowing everything that kind of how that whole Jalen Hurd thing went and stuff, that was probably pretty embarrassing to him.
1: Now, Powell, Powell, part of the story when he kind of, you know, when he said no to Butch Jones's overtures a while ago, wasn't part of it like my wife is uh, like a a singer or something out in California. She needs to be out there. Is that still something? How did her career go? I'm just curious. I don't know. She if was that... like a one-hit wonder, from what I remember. Oh, she was okay. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah but you, you also you think. Yeah, but here's the thing: he wasn't jobless then, though. Right. I mean, so it wasn't like um, he needed to go somewhere to work. No, I'm not saying he just came here because he didn't have a job. But that's a good point, though, man. But I mean he he was making a decision between being where he was at an established program who were who was you know they were coming back up to where we were, kind of an unknown situation, sort of. And, and you know, there's probably, uh, you know, it, the 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 way things were going at Tennessee, even though it was sort of starting to look good at times, I would say in the coaching circle, there was probably rumors and just talk about this is not going to end well for us, you know, with Bush Jones here. And he probably didn't want to yeah. be a part of that.
0: Yeah. And another thing, too, he had a really good recruiting class that year at USC. At one that's time, right. yeah. they, they were number one in the country in the 2013. They had Jalen Ramsey. They had several others. And then, obviously, when um, they went seven and six that season, the recruiting class kind of fell apart. And I think that's when the book – think Kiffin as a head coach there at USC. So I follow USC yeah. pretty closely as well.
2: But, but some I, of that, being a national recruiter of the year, you know – where was he getting from all those guys out there at USC? I mean, sometimes the dominoes fall in your yeah. favor. And you know, you to me, you look at a guy like um, gosh, you know, we got guys on Tennessee staff ought to be considered for recruiter of the year. meyer. Sure. I mean,
4: yeah. He's
2: he's recruiting these kids to a five and seven team in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. he's not pulling in kids from uh California to come play at USC. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. He's, he's getting yeah, it. He done, was getting right?
0: a lot of kids from Southern California, like a Dory Jackson, yeah. Juju. Yeah.
3: Yeah, right. Look yeah, at it like this. IBS. Yeah. Look uh, think of it like this. Lance Thompson won recruiter of the year, one year at Alabama. Does he win that anywhere else?
0: Nope. Exactly. <laughs> no. I think he was one back in two thousand ten, which we didn't end even- We didn't end up signing, we had him committed, but he never signed with us. Right. That was the only recruit that I remember him. I remember whenever we hired him, I was really excited for his recruiting and then very let down. But wasn't he good in home with the co
2: eds?
5: Yes, he was. (laughs) That was the rumor,
2: yes. Yeah, I
3: guess. Yeah. That's funny.
5: I mean, are we are we allowed to since T's back, are we allowed to claim that it feels like ninety-eight again with Fulmer and T back? Can we say that now? Is it actually legit? That's that's yes. my
1: point. I think that's where we're getting close to, you know. Now we just need to bring back the backwards cap guy for the defensive line and maybe potentially uh, Trooper goal. Taylor. No, who the old the Dan Brooks. Bring Dan, Dan Brooks. Brooks. Oh, oh, Dan Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. And then we'll then we'll be back. <laughs> But no, I, I, it's exciting. And um, what do you guys think? I know you know Kelly, you know Charles Kelly's you know here and gone. I think he used Tennessee as a stepping stone. No, I'm just kidding. I, th- I think he really did want to be here for for the long haul. But you know he's gone to Alabama. Do we know what position he's going to have? And then also we've got David Johnson, who we thought's going to be gone or here, and then Winky, Inky Winky, who's still here. Um, where do we see kind of the rest of the the coaching? Uh, shake up going
0: here for the balls. I'm still curious about the whole Jay Graham rumors. Uh that's that's what I was originally thinking was Jay Graham was gonna be coming home until the nugget was dropped by um, Jesse Simonton about David Johnson talking to T Hodge, the running right. back at Marvel. So I'm still curious about that one. Maybe maybe Jesse Sw- maybe Jason Swain doesn't have sources, but I mean I, I seem to believe him when he says something big is coming. So, And then, obviously, Hubs and uh, Austin Price have mentioned that we might not be done as well.
1: Yeah, we'll I be, still think
0: something is coming.
1: It, yeah, PTC, do you think uh, – well, one, where do you think T is going to uh, coach? And then, two, um, do you think it's winky, inky, winky, or uh, David Johnson that will be gone?
4: Uh, you know, I like what the progress our wide receivers made this past year. Um, but – you know, and you made this point in the uh, group text, uh, GT. Is it the grind that he doesn't like with Pruitt? I mean, not everybody can can really get through and suffer through that and want to do it, uh, regardless of how much you enjoy what you're doing and who you're working with. Um, but I think he is good for our wide receivers. Uh, we've talked about this on a different podcast, but we really have, you know, possession wide receivers. You know, DeJuan Jennings is not a burner. He's not going to take the top off of defense. Um, he, same thing with Antonio Callaway. Those guys can go up and get balls, and they're great possession receivers. And, you know, every now and then they can break one. But we need guys like Jordan Murphy who can get on the field. Um, Rebel Caton out of Marietta who's coming in this year. We need speed. Um, so I would like to see what David Johnson can do with guys like that. Um, but I think he did a really good job with what we have. So if we can get some more types of receivers in there, like what we need is some actual speed, I'd like to see what he can do there before you know making really any kind of big judgment as to what he really can and cannot do. Um, Winky, what has he done? I mean, who did he bring in from IMG Academy? I mean, we've got Chris A. And who was the other guy that we got last year from – IMG Academy. That was Kingston Harris. Didn't we get like a long snapper or something like that? Nah, I,
1: worked, I think it was Kingston Harris. Kingston Harris, yeah.
0: Kingston Harris, yeah. Um, so, what is he? What is he given us in the recruiting game? I mean, nothing. not much of anything.
1: He got a couple got, of IMG guys to come visit, but you know, those are courtesy visits. I think
0: those were. He's the, guys, guys he's the lead work. recruiter uh, for that five-star offensive guard from uh, John Justin Killings High School. Justin Rogers. He's he's the lead recruiter for him. So I would watch that one. But that's really the only guy I've really seen his name with. And I think he was involved with uh, Eric Gray, if I remember correctly.
1: Well, I think anybody's going to want to go. I don't, I don't think anybody wanted to go up to Detroit. So maybe we'll put somebody else on there if, if Winky's gone. He's actually
0: from Minnesota. So oh, really? Winky is? Midwest.
1: Yeah. I like it. Yeah. See, this is this is 995 right here. We, this is the info we're, we're talking about, guys. So, uh, no, no, that's good stuff. Anything else in the kind of the? Am I missing anything uh, around? What do you guys think about? Do, does Tennessee go to six offensive coaches and four defensive? What What's the strategy with Pruitt on kind of assigning coaches different spots? Where Where do you think Powell? Where do you think this is going to go to, man?
3: That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Pruitt can obviously can coach defensive back of safeties if he if it comes to that um I would I'm more of a fan of of finding a safety coach and, and getting rid of another giving rid of an office of um, get. I really don't know where Winky fits in at and I don't know if he has any ties to any of the coaches to prove it at all so you know I, but y'all are right about what has he done and I'm just not seeing it, you know. So I, I just don't like the six offensive coaches and four defensive coaches. I just, I just don't really like that setup. Um, so, and it'd be interesting with the Jay Graham news, you know, out there, kind of the rumors out there that Swain, uh, Jason Swain, was kind of dropping. Um, that's, that's interesting. And so, um, but I would rather. I I really kind of – and I hate to hope somebody loses their job. I'm not really, you know, trying to be like that. But it would (laughs) be nice to – but, I mean, we got to hope for the best for our program, and I'd really like to see Jay Graham come back if Mm -hmm. that's sort of the guy that's lingering out there that we may be working with or whatever.
0: And I want to say one thing about Jay Graham. Um, I've seen several people on the vault, on the general's quarters, say stuff about how he was a lousy recruiter here and stuff. I mean, I think that that's kind of bogus because he was only here for one year and it was a lame duck coaching staff. And yep. he basically finished bridesmaids for Derrick Henry and Derrick Green. I mean, those are two five-star running backs. One of them was a bust, obviously, and then the other one won a Heisman. But, I mean, I think he did really well just to have us in position for those guys. And I don't know if you guys remember it, but there was some article that came out. I don't know if it's true or not, but – Apparently Derrick Henry said that he would have signed with Tennessee had Derek Dooley stayed. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, I I think Jay Graham did a really good job. And then obviously he had, we beat out uh, Clemson for Marquez North, and he was the lead recruiter on him as
3: well. Wow. 9.95 right there. Uh,
1: Exactly. That's 9.99. Again, everybody (laughs) listening, I don't have a 9.95 sound, but that's as close as we got. And that's UT Sports Fan Twenty Eight bringing some heat right there on the recruiting. I love the history of it. So we're we're going back to different dates, different teams, different regions, and he knows all of it. So that is definitely one. of Nine
0: ninety nine.
1: So thank you for that. Bleed orange. Question: um, What do you think about you know a Jay Graham potentially coming back? I mean, would he be even more of a boost? And then again, after that, you start to think, man, this starts to feel like ninety eight again potentially. I know he wasn't on the. I don't think he was on the team then. He was like a 95-er, but what do you think?
2: You know, I think we're bringing back uh, some iconic figures who are reminiscent of the glory days of Tennessee football. I don't know if it feels like 98 yet. (laughs) um, I'd love to have the 98 offensive line uh, for next year, and I think that's kind of going to be a huge key to the season. And and really, I I mean, these kids – are going to be in the system a year longer. Hopefully they've got more time to develop and they'll they'll be more mature on the offensive line. And uh, But ultimately we're, we're looking, and I know this is a little bit off topic, but we're, we're looking at a lot of things for next year with the DL uh, as well as the OL uh, that are going to be really uh, key to making it feel like 98 again.
1: So kind of going into recruiting a little bit and, and good stuff, Lead Orange, um jay hardy macaulay yay what? go big uh, go big blue well that's 2020 right he's 2020 isn't he he seems like a lock yeah so yeah just kind of let's all right so we'll let's go into that but before that 2019 um some news uh, you know we talked about the transfer portal um and all the jokes around that last week Tennessee lands a highly rated, when he signed, D'Angelo Gibbs. Now we know that there were some problems or whatever, supposedly, when he was at UGA. What do you guys think about that? And then the second question I have, and I'll, I'll ask you first, Priest. So what do you think of the, about the D'Angelo Gibbs kind of signing, I guess? And then especially with him playing wide receiver, what does that mean? Is that just a we need an, another athlete out there at the receiver position? And then number two, uh, Henry Tuotuo um, with my namesake uh, I'm sorry my namesake exactly so with (laughs) with, uh, the Alabama DC being gone going to the Browns which again a lot of people said this is the first thing that Haslam's done well for the Tennessee program in years um able to land them so quite both of those questions for you priest
5: all right so we'll start D'Angelo Gibbs I mean if that kid that kid's an athlete like he's a baller and you you can see it, and I believe he played. Looking at some of his film, because I, I wasn't really sure what he played in high school, and they said he was switching to wide receiver, and they had him at defensive back at Georgia. You know, watching his film, he's a pretty decent wide receiver. I mean, he he's quick, he's got good hands. Um, I can see why Georgia put him on the defensive side of the ball because Kirby Smart's a defensive guy. The same with our head coach. And um, but you know, I think as long as that kid keeps his head on straight, and I think having some family because he's kin to Nigel Warrior, right? Aren't they cousins? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, having some family on campus, and, and maybe you know, I, I don't know N- Nigel's personal life, but maybe keeping him a little bit cleaner um, up here in Knoxville, and maybe getting him away from some of the Georgia influences he had around him will help um, up in Knoxville. If he came to play, I know he has to sit out a year, um, but you know, give him a year to get in the system, get used to. Being back to playing, you know, big boy football for for a year, and uh, you know, definitely, you know, hope that he can make an impact. Um, and then you asked about Henry T. My uh, that's the, that, that's my boy to from the West Coast. Um, I thought about writing a love letter to him, but I, I held Ooh. off for the board space. Do you have
1: any lines from that you can go ad lib on? Because, you know, I, I did the second, I didn't do the original love letter. I did the Owen Papo love letter. Do you have any lines that you could speak to the
5: to the crowd on uh, for your Henry Tuotuo love letter? It, it, it started, roses are red, violets are blue, Henry Tuotuo, I sure do love you. But then I stopped because okay. <laughs> I started, you started getting dusty in the room and I just didn't want to, com, you know, complete that that poem without yeah, really. It started, like, started sounding like
0: VFL uh, underscore three, three, three.
5: Right. Yeah, right. Right. yeah. Right.
0: dang
1: so we've got ut sports fan by the way 28 calling out so what's your call
0: out there vfl uh three 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 who is that that is ben Is it Saint clap or something like that he goes he used to go by Sabin osho wow. he apparently wrote a recruiter actually it was like a love letter to uh 2010 quarterback jesse scroggins well, yeah, it went viral and was very <laughs> embarrassing to our fan base.
1: There you have it. So this might be the next Gate 21, uh, VFL 333, and UT Sportsman 28. So um,
5: I, I don't think UT Sportsman will be the first man in line to fight VFL 333. <laughs> <for> <laughs> yeah, saving I, that. I think you'd have to take a number on that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and it's like one of those numbers, like, uh, what's his face, Beetlejuice at the end when he's, you know. Beetlejuice, uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. You know, when he's like, he's grabbed yeah. the tag to be next in line, he's like, you are number three. And he looks at his number, and it's like 3,856,000. But anyway, um, yeah, he seems to be a hated poster on the board now. Interesting, And I even heard PTC said he was getting a little ticked off with him. So I thought that was interesting.
4: Yeah, he's, he's about to take the, the ignore button. I know. I he's just, he's, he, uh, just irritated him. He's just such an idiot.
3: Um, and I, can't, I, can't the remember the, I can't remember the last time a poster tried so hard to just be wanted by ever by the board like to, just to get something right one time you know it he because he threw everything out there and you know it is uh, kind of almost feel forced to feel sorry for the guy because nothing he said ever hit and you know it that was it's, it's pitiful
5: you would think out of the thousands of predictions that guy has made or comments, he would he would at least hit one, but hit he has well, not. Yeah. And it's it's it is quite entertaining yeah. to watch it unfold. It
0: really is.
4: the yeah. the best one is is uh we have not and never will
0: offer change. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then Levy. Levy was apparently gonna be our offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: Man, he's but he, he's the Holly Warlick of the of the board right now it seems like but, yeah. or oh, God. Um, and uh, I guess you know I know we again this show really quickly I have to get in our sponsorship um, so this one <laughs> actually this can go for Holly or for um, or for VFL 333 and again guys ladies and gentlemen we, we we do need to put food on the tables for our families um, some people drive uber we have a podcast and so, tonight we're sponsored by Preparation H Medicated Wipes for Women, um, or in, in this case, VFL 333. Whether you're experiencing hemorrhoids for the first time or, or a longtime sufferer, uh, Preparation H Medicated Wipes are a must have for cooling, soothing relief. They're the first and only hemorrhoid wipes infused with chamomile, aloe, and refreshing cucumber plus a soothing medication that cools on contact. Join over 73% of East Tennesseans that use Preparation H medicated wipes. So thank you, Preparation H, uh, for the sponsorship this evening, especially for the the Lady Vols program and for VFL 333. Uh, Last thing I do want to ask you guys. We didn't actually get to talk about NFL because the game's still in overtime. Who, Who do you think wins? And we'll go back and see. Um, it's overtime now between the, the Patriots and the Chiefs, 31-31. Looks like the Patriots are about to win. Oh, they are? Okay. They're, have my- they're about a
4: yard and a half away from winning.
1: Well, see, there we go. So I, I totally screwed up on that one, so I'll, maybe we'll
0: <laughs> I will say that I did a playoff bracket with some friends, and I got the Final Four correct. I've only missed two so far. Well, I had the Chiefs winning. I had the Chiefs and the Rams going to the Super Bowl. So, out of the final four, I've missed one. Um, I was really hoping to get that Chiefs and Rams rematch, though. That would have been a great rematch. So that was like the game of the century.
1: So, let's say Patriots score here and over. It's over.
0: uh, So, the Chiefs
1: don't get a chance to go and score again?
0: No, No, Patriots got the the ball first.
1: Okay. All right. I thought that they changed the rule or something where if they score. If they kick
4: a field goal. Yeah, field field goal.
1: Okay. So now was- here's the
4: here, think about this, guys. Think about the symmetry of this. Brady is in the twilight of his career, right? Mm-hmm. And they played the Rams in 2001 when he was just beginning his career. So that was Brady's first Super Bowl when Vinatieri won it for them with the kick. Yeah. Who are they going to play in the Super Bowl? The Rams. And who's coming into as his career is really just taking off? Jared Goff. Jared Goff.
0: and then Kurt, the Kurt Warner, whereas towards the end of his career, exactly, so it is the kind of
1: symmetry is beautiful. Yeah, it is crazy. Well, is is Gurley going to play though? He didn't play at all. Um, yeah, he I, did.
0: He, he well, should. He He'll hard, have hard. another week to rest, but he yeah, he would played sparingly. And C.J. Anderson did did fairly well,
4: but then again, both running teams, both both running games for the Saints and for the uh, Rams, that wasn't very good. No, not at
1: all. Yeah, so let's go through real quickly. What do we think on predictions? Bleed orange. What do you think on uh, Rams versus Patriots for the Super Bowl? Who do you think wins?
2: Oh, man. I know who I'll be pulling for, but I think that, uh, you know, who's going to bet against New England?
4: I will. PTC, <laughs> vol, calling 28, PTC vol calling 28-20 Rams over the uh, Patriots. Wow. Bold, my friend, bold.
1: So PTC's calling Rams over Patriots. Bleed orange, you're saying Patriots win. Do you have a score?
2: No, I, I haven't even really uh thought about it that much, really.
1: Well as long I, as I've watched not more, more
2: of the Falcons football game. today than I have all season long.
1: I understand. I understand. Powell, what do you think, man?
3: I'm just I'm gonna say Rams because I hate Tom Brady.
0: Yep. Amen.
1: Amen to that. No, I just I just the Patriots fan, are you on the same? What do you think? You I'm, I'm
0: actually. I'm going to go kind of like what PTC was saying. Uh, basically, kind of like a deja vu on the other side of the 2001 Super Bowl. I'm going to say the Rams win with my fantasy kicker that took me to the championship. Greg this is, is the one that kicks the field goal to win.
5: 27-24, Rams. I love it, Priest. Man, I would really love to pick the Rams. Like, I, I like that team. They have a really good team, especially defense. Um, and then you have Goff, who's kind of coming to his own under Sean McVay. But it's so hard to bet against Brady. Like, that that dude is so good. So I will – until – I hope the Rams win, but I'm going to have to go Patriots just because I, I, I bet against Brady before and lost. I bet against him in this game and just lost. Um because I put my hope in Patrick Mahomes being the juggernaut of a quarterback that he was. But, you know, I'll go Patriots, and it'll be close. Like, we're going to score 31-27 Patriots. Wow. Well, all good picks, guys.
1: I uh, know we've got a good mix here. I, I, I want, as you guys have said, I want the Rams to win. hate the Patriots so much. I think a lot of people hate the Patriots, um, especially being an Atlanta uh, resident. We're still very, no bitter. We're no. very, bitter from that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, the point, real quickly, I'll make is you've got some studs on the defensive line, uh, Donald and um, and you've got you know Keep leave out there uh, at cornerback. You know you've got some pretty good names on there on defense. Hopefully, they can bottle up Brady a little bit. And if Todd Gurley gets twenty touches in the Super Bowl, then they will win. So they won't, my they won't prediction. Stop. I'm sorry.
0: I Uh, Gurley, he plays.
1: Well, if they, if they, uh, you gotta feed him the ball. If they feed him yeah. the ball, how
4: do you, how do you stop both the and Aaron Donald? I just don't know.
0: I, I think the that's only way how you, you stop. Good. That's how you stop Tom Brady is getting pressure on him. You know, when he has all day to throw, I mean, right up the middle, all yep. day long. You know, but if you actually get to him, which Aaron Donald will, then it's going to be a different outcome. I think. Yep. yep. Well, that's what the Giants did when they beat them in the, Super
4: yep. Bowl, in the Super Bowl twice. They rushed up the middle and were able to get pressure up the middle. You know, he uh, it, up the middle, it just it kills him because he likes to dink and dunk. He likes slants. He likes drags. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, every now and then he'll throw a nine round to Edelman or uh, Chris Hogan. But, you know, you give Gronk inside leverage, and Brady just has to put it somewhere where he can catch it because you're not going to get around his body. So if oh. you can get pressure up the middle, it takes away the throwing line, takes away the throwing lanes.
2: Well, one of the things too for me is that I feel like the Rams have backed into this thing a little bit. I mean, let's face it; that was a hideously bad call against New Orleans at the end of that game, and uh, the Rams would not have had a chance to even win it. You know, credit them for kicking the field goal, but they would not have ever been in that position without that lousy call.
1: Yeah. No. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. Well, let's all hope and pray that the Rams win this thing. One thing I want to do real quickly as we kind of wrap this thing up, um, I want to go through uh, all the casters here, ask them one last final hurrah that you guys want to say. Uh, Bleed Orange, I know I'll start with you. I know that you sent me a text uh, with a little image of Miss Bleed Orange, Mrs. Bleed Orange. Do you want to speak to that and in, in her uh, championship victory? Or uh, anything else you want to say before you – Uh, sign off or you don't have to sign off but before we all sign off we actually have
2: started um, playing pickleball here at Reynolds and it's a for people who are not familiar it's kind of a combination of tennis and and ping pong I suppose Um, but it's 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 interesting but uh, Miss Bleed Orange won the won the Green County uh, Pickleball Championships this last
3: week (laughs) very nice
2: that, that was a huge, huge moment in our, the annals of, of our history, family yes. history. And that, nice.
1: that championship will go right next to the, the Furman Hall of Fame one. Exactly. Just wow. a little
2: bit below it.
1: Did they ever fix uh, the error where they said you weren't a national champion or whatever it was or all-American? Oh, Did they ever fix I mean, that? We were laughing
2: about that. earlier. No, I haven't gotten it back. Okay. <laughs> <didn't> well, <laughs> you better follow up there. Come on, you're in sales. You need to follow up they actually did have races on there that I didn't even run <laughs> that don't exist
1: <laughs> goodness gracious well I do have something I, I want to tell you so they actually reached out to me and I pretended to be you and I wrote up all the all the accomplishments so uh, <laughs> well, thank you it was, it was a really big troll that I really wanted to keep up with it for this long and uh, I guess I have so cats well, out.
2: as I say you're uh, I can always depend on my son very dependable okay
1: thank you i like it uh, depends and if you guys don't get that he needs to wear depends every night or else he pees the bed really <laughs> old really it's old.
2: time for the old man to <laughs> go on in the sack son. are you doing
1: another metamucil bomb before you hang up
2: well it's starting to take effect i hit it about 30 minutes ago <laughs>
1: We'll stay on with us oh, real quick. UT sports fan, our special guest tonight. Thank you again so much for being on. I know you had a quick story on Jake Heaps because um, you said you want to speak to that. I know we were talking about recruiting a little bit earlier, but you want to talk about your Jake Heaps story before we sign off?
0: Yes, yeah, so that's just wanted to real quickly. Um, like I said before, I follow recruiting like very, very close. It's like a very big passion of mine. Um, Jake Heaps was probably the guy that over the years that I've wanted the most for some reason. Uh, he was in the 2010 class when Kiffin just arrived. He was a quarterback from Seattle. And the funny thing is like I used to watch his YouTube clips like twice a day, basically. And they always had like some really good videos, like a nine-minute video of his, his highlights and stuff like that. And There was a time when there was an insider on the board back then. He was like a 17-year-old kid. It wasn't NC NYC Vol. It was some other guy. And he used to Basically give the board some updates, and I thought we were going to get him for the longest time. But um, unfortunately, he went quiet, and then next thing we know, that UT had been eliminated, and BYU and Washington were like the leaders, and he ended up going to BYU. Played a year, busted, then went to Kansas, I believe, and then went to Miami. Ended up being a quarterback bust. However, whenever Kevin had arrived, that was like his number one recruit. Yep. I was thinking this was going to be the guy that's going to take UT back. Like His highlights were incredible, um, playing uh, Skyline High School there in Seattle. So I was just really disappointed we didn't get him, but we ended up getting Tyler Bray, and then Tyler Bray ended up being a really good quarterback for us. So I guess it all worked out.
1: Yeah, and under Kiffin we got the the wonderful trio of Mike Edwards, Newkies Richardson, and Jansen Jackson,
0: <laughs> um, and we got that. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Was a murderer. Was he, he, <laughs> he
0: laid the groundwork too. He laid the groundwork too for uh, David Ricky. So
1: yeah. So you know, and and I love. I don't,
0: love
1: think, we get him. I don't yeah. think we get him if he didn't He'll lay the groundwork.
0: Be pumping gas if you go there, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Do oh, you
2: on. still have that uh, cell phone case autographed by New Keith? <laughs> what <laughs> me? Yeah, I remember uh, that?
1: Keith, oh, I do remember that. Gosh, that was yeah. that was at the spring game. Um. I might have, yeah that's uh um, <laughs> I don't I mean I don't I might have it somewhere, but that, I forgot about that. That was pretty cool actually. I was pretty pumped about that. Getting that new keys autograph, but um so. Um Powell, man, you got I know you had a story on his, we uh, skipped
4: bond application. What's up, dude? Did it look like the one he signed on his Bond application?
1: Yes, yes. We they actually <laughs> called me to make sure that they matched. Um but uh Powell, I know I skipped over you, man. On you had something you wanted to you wanted to give a shout on a shout out on uh, the basketballs on somebody who made a thread.
3: Oh yeah, um, dizzy vol. I was just uh, gonna um, uh, shout out to him for his prediction a week ago today on how Tennessee would get to number one. Now we don't know if they're going to be number one or not, but. Um, the thread he made that he laid out on how Tennessee would get to number one ended up falling perfectly pretty much. And so uh, just uh, kudos to him. And uh, hopefully we end up uh, being number one.
1: I hope so too. Um, I'm a little nervous that Duke's going to jump us, but hopefully we, hopefully we get number one Uh, PTC, man. Again, we already talked about your Hibachi. You got anything else you want to close with my friend?
4: ah uh, you know this is uh we discussed it a little bit earlier you know kind of the symmetry and what's going to be in the super bowl and i hope it turns out the way that i wanted to where um did you come the rams and the a... golf, where the rams and the golf actually and then golf you know winds it be nice
1: did you think that up on the spot or is that something you thought yes. of like a while ago no i thought it up on the spot that's very very smart of you i liked it i liked it i thought it was great uh, priest i know you've been typing up your love letter just to, to uh yeah. to our <laughs> poor, henry tootowo so are we gonna see a thread with that in the next couple days or hours
5: uh it depends on how much more i have to drink tonight it could get real uh, uh no you know we laugh about henry t and and i made the the love letter joke which is all fun but that kid's really good and if if you know, all the stars seem to have aligned and and, and looking at, and as everybody says, you know, reading the tea leaves is that the kids in. And I mean, that's a big win because, you know, we, we have some outside guys that are, that are fast and, you know, we moved Jeremy Banks over and I'm not really sure where he's going to fit in. As, you know, Pruitt always says all of his linebackers can play any position, which is, I, I guess, true if they're fast and, and big enough. But, you know, Henry Henry's a, is a heck of an inside linebacker and he, he can fill a void that. Um, You know, I'm not putting him on, you know, Al Wilson, upper echelon level, but that kid has some talent, Um, very smart, very heady, um, can make great reads and and really, you know, dissect the play and know where he's going before the play does. So, you know, if he ends up in orange, you know, you know, rest in peace to Bob Kessling every game. Um, But, you know, hopefully, you know, he signs on the dotted line and, and we're, 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 all on board with 2020 and we all write love letters this time next year as he's a freshman all American.
1: I think also oh,
5: you were a couple
1: you're a couple um things off from it being a white football player. If you would have said Jim Rat or coach's son, um <laughs> you said he knows the playbook well, heady player, all that kind of stuff. That sounds like one of the white football players. So fluid
5: hips. He has <laughs> fluid hips. Does that help?
0: He brings his lunch pail to work every
4: day. Yeah,
5: that's another <laughs> good one. <laughs> Um, he's very well coached
0: too, kind of from De La Salle mm-hmm. High School.
5: Yeah, he's he, he's the um he's a faster version of our boy that we love so much that just left us this past year, our middle linebacker that won everyone's heart over. I know you guys C-J. know. Cajun <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and avatar is Colton Jumper and VFF or uh, yeah VFF right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, good old yeah, Colton Jumper priest. Do you think that there are any potential issues around him potentially being catfished uh, towards his junior or senior year?
5: Oh, oh God! Do you want to remember that? Yeah, he went, he went.
1: I don't know. I can't answer that. So I don't know if you guys remember. Antitaya was catfished supposedly, and Big there was time. that huge issue in the national championship game when they played Alabama, and it still is the weirdest story to me. But. Um I like to tease around about that and the only reason because they're kind of similar backgrounds and things like that. So anyway.
0: That's actually who I, two four seven uh compares him to is Oh really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. I looked at his profile.
5: i oh, That's <laughs> a, that's too easy of a take. You can't do yeah, that. You gotta is. come harder than that. Yeah. Right. Well, no It's,
0: it's- like saying two is Russell Wilson. I mean it's just kinda yeah. Right.
5: <laughs> right.
1: No, it's, it's good stuff. And my, my, uh, as we close this out here, um, everybody, this has been such a fun, uh, pod quest edition, a lot of laughs, a lot of fun, great casters on tonight. But the last thing I will say, I did make a thread. A lot of people coming at me on it. You know, a lot of the church goers, it's funny because I talked about our VIP section that we have. There is a VIP section at my church, but I got a chance to see, um, Trevor Lawrence today, as well as Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks. And then Maya Moore is one of our – she's uh, played for UConn and has been on the Olympics and stuff, and she's a regular at, at, at our church. But um, I saw Trevor Lawrence in there, and I, I thought I was crying during one of the worship songs, but it was actually – I was just reminiscing over the failure of Butch Jones. I had tears actually coming out of my eyes as I watched Trevor Lawrence, you know, worshiping God, and, you know, this guy's a national champion – you know, should have been a first-round draft pick this year in the NFL. He just a specimen. But, uh, anyway, I was a couple rows behind him. And I uh, got to talk to Trey Young from the NBA, from the Atlanta Hawks. That was kind of cool. But, uh, again, you know, if watching him play in the national title game and all these other games for Clemson isn't enough, to see him at church is even uh, tougher. So, anyway. Which church
4: do you go to again?
1: Uh, I go to Passion City Church.
4: Down where the uh... – gold club used to be
1: it is right next to the gold uh gold club it's called the gold room now so it's like a nightclub and they actually use the gold room uh parking lot as a parking area so one of their additional yes, i know i
4: have a friend of mine that goes there
1: yeah so um it's it's a good time great music and message. Friend, are
4: we
1: i'm sorry bleed orange oh the old asking for a friend line yes asking for a friend but anyway thank you guys so much for listening tonight we had such a fun time and uh, with that being said, this is Georgia Tech Vol, and go volunteers. Anybody have anything else before we sign off? Good night, good night everybody. For Thanks
2: for uh, UT Sports Fan 28 for joining us tonight. Appreciate yeah, contribution. A blast.
1: Yeah, great job. It, man. Great job, great job. All right, have a good night. Thanks